another episode of the Kate All Show, season one, episode six, how to be the leader your team needs you to be. So before I dive in, I would love to know how you're loving the podcast. This is episode six of a new podcast all about what it's like to be an agency owner and providing tips and wisdom to you about what that looks like. I have been running a Pinterest marketing agency for the last eight years. I have a team of a little bit less than 40 people, a full team of directors. And so I understand what it's like to hire people, fire people, and figure out how to be the leader your team needs you to be. So I would love to hear from you. So if you could DM us on Instagram at the Kate All Show or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, I would love it. I may ask you to do that again at the end of this episode. Okay. So leading a team of people is not for somebody who doesn't like people. So if you're listening to this episode and thinking, Kate, there's no way I could have a team of 40. That would completely stress me out. I don't like talking to people. I don't like when people ask me for stuff. I hate when people make mistakes. I want to be in control of everything. I just want you to think real clearly about the size of the agency you would like and how many people you want working for you. There's a lot of people in this industry who think they like working with people and then they get into it and they're like, oh my gosh, I hate this. So if you're going to be a service provider, you have to both like working with clients and like working with your team. Some people might favor courses or something like an education business over a service-based business because of that reason. And I see it a lot out there when people are like, why have a service-based business? You're trading time for dollars. But there's those of us who actually do like working with people. We like the service-based industry. It's more enjoyable to us than running a course-based business. And I will also tell you that having a course-based business as well as an agency at both sides, both come with their own struggles. But I favor working on the agency side with the people because sometimes I find it easier. The marketing, the course side has been pretty exhausting for me, I'll be honest. So let's get back to leading the team. <laughs> More on the exhaustion of course versus agency side in a later podcast episode. Okay, it's a question I get all the time. People want to know from me, how do you hire and lead a team? How do you know who to hire? Who should I hire first? It's valid questions. And I think as you're scaling a service-based business, you can only scale it with people. You are only one person. You can only work for so many clients and you will hit capacity. And when you hit capacity, you need to decide, hey, who am I going to hire? And as a result, you then become the leader of your team. So leadership comes naturally to me, and I would not be serving you if I didn't say that up front. I was 15 years old when somebody who was a close family friend actually told me they saw leadership qualities in me, and that was a really important moment to my development and to my seeing that leadership part in me. And the reason I want to tell you up front that leadership is important to me is that it would be like if I was teaching you about organization. And you're listening to this and you're listening to all the tips about organization and you're thinking, man, organization is so hard for me. And this person who is teaching you, if it's me, makes it look so easy. And the reason is, is that they're probably naturally 
organized. And so I want to acknowledge that because when you take personality tests like the Strengths Finder or like the Colby test or even the Enneagram, there's a variety of things that will be revealed to you about what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And you want to hire people to complement your strengths and then fill up the areas of your weaknesses. And for me, as I teach about leadership and I teach about hiring, I need you to know it comes naturally to me. It's something that I'm gifted in. So if I was to say to you, we'll just hire someone and you're like paralyzed by that. For me, hiring and cultivating a team is something that I love. And it's why I have a big team. It's I see people on my team who have a certain gift that I don't have. And I go, man, I actually, I want that on my team. And I'm going to go figure out how to do it. So I think this really came, you know, and so I say all that because I I want you to be, I want to be transparent. It comes naturally to me. So there's some things that I can't necessarily teach on because I just do it. I can definitely pass on to you some tips and tricks, but it's like me saying, just get yourself organized. And you're like, uh, paralyzed. I don't want you to be paralyzed. So I want you to take some of the things I'm going to talk about today that will help you be the leader that your team needs you to be. So back to when I was 15. So this family friend invited me to Washington Student Leadership. It was an organization that basically brought together faith communities and business leaders. So I had this really cool opportunity to hear from people, including Jack Nordstrom, who was there. He talked about the Nordstrom family business and they had grown their business and all the lessons they learned along the way. And I watched them as leaders and nonprofit owners in the city really talk about their passion and how to make their passion come to life through this community and the people that they worked with. So I went to a few more of those throughout high school, early college years. I even attended the National Student Leadership in Washington, D.C. And then I stepped into an intern leadership position just after I graduated from college. And I learned the inner workings of a nonprofit. And I decided to spend one more year there when I met my husband. So we moved to Portland and had a different journey after that. I became a wife and a mom and truly leadership totally fell by the wayside. It was something that I just kind of lost, I guess. I was, I had three kids in less than four years and I had a degree in political science. I thought I was was always going to be a teacher and I kind of forgot about these moments of the Washington student leadership or the national student leadership or even all these places, right? I kind of lost Kate a little bit. So then in 2014, when the idea of, well, actually I'll back up a little bit. Then in 2010, when the friend asked me to work on her website, I started to see the strategic leadership start to come about a little bit. I started to see those moments kind of show. And then in 2014, when we had the idea of Simple Pin Media, it was like, oh, okay, this this feels like this feels like the shoe fits. And eight months into that, when I hired my first team member, it was like it activated something in me. And I went, I can teach people how to do this. 
and I can lead them through it and I can coach them and I can guide them and I can help them be me. This is how Simple Pin grows, right? I need people to be me. So that leadership stuff was brewing again. And somebody actually at my church had said to me during that time, they said, you know what? You have an amazing way of seeing what people are good at and getting them to step up to help. And I was like, huh, that's very interesting. (laughs) So this idea of my philosophy of leadership started to form right at the time that Simple Pin was growing. And so I want to talk a little bit about what I've learned about leadership, about leading a team and about who you need to be that I think are very core tenets of being an agency owner, because you have to have people that work for you. And while you started your business as a service provider, doing the actual thing, like I started doing the actual pinning, right? And then I had to teach somebody to do it. And then pretty soon I was kind of out of it. And it felt weird. It felt like, wait, wait, what? Uh, This is weird. I am supposed to be serving my clients in this way. And now somebody else's and what if they screw up? And there's all these worries, right? But that is the tension. That's the good tension that starts to help you be shaped and molded into the leader and who you want to be. So these are a few things that I live by. Like, There's obviously, um, you know, little things along the way, but these are like the core things. They're not the, you know, this is how you teach somebody how to, you know, check your email. This is how you teach somebody how to pin. Those things come along the way. You can create a system for that. You can create SOPs. You can do videos. You can do all those things. But if you don't have these things as a leader, I will tell you that people will find it very, very hard to work for you. And they'll just, (laughs) you're going to drive them crazy, basically. Okay, number one is you need to be a servant first. No job in your company is above you. You've done them all. And if someone needs help or all hands on deck, be a part of it. Your team is going to see you willing to get into the messy stuff and respect that. It helps them feel seen. So if something goes wrong at Simple Pin and something's broken, or somebody can't figure out how to download a video, or somebody can't figure out whatever it is, big or small, if you have the capacity to help and stop the the floundering, do it. It won't always happen. Like hopefully you won't need to step in there all the time, but you should never be above it. You should never have the phrase in your head, that's not my job to do anymore. The moment you say that, you are no longer a servant of the people of your company. You are thinking that what they are doing is beneath you and people will feel that. And that is that is unacceptable in my opinion because nobody wants to work for somebody like that. People respect roles and in honesty, in all honesty, for me, people don't want me to do stuff. I try to get in there and like they're like, "Kate, stop. Like I got this or I can do this." So You want to get to that point where people know you'll do it, but they want to step in and do it for you anyway. Number two, helping people to realize their strengths is leadership. So coaching them to use those strengths and gifts, that's how your leadership is developed too. So when you see someone on your team that's better at something than you, don't be intimidated. 
get excited, get really excited. Some people, I don't know what it is, but they get super nervous when they see somebody else being really good at it. They get this um, territorial kind of feeling. Don't be territorial. Chances are they may not know they are good at that skill, but you saw it. So let them know you see it and that you're going to walk with them to realize that skill to its full potential. So here's an example. Um, Leslie is my integrator at Simple Pin, um, COO, if you want to call it that too. She's never done the role before, but I hired Leslie back in 2016 and it might even be 2015 actually now that I think about it. And she became an account specialist and then I saw in her, she was a really good people person. And so when we needed to create team leads, I made her a team lead. And then when there was like three or four team leads, she stepped up and said, Hey, we need somebody to lead the team leads. I'm not saying it's me, but we need leadership here. And I recognize right now that might not be you. So I'm willing to do it if you need it. And I was like, yeah, for sure. She coached and led these team leads and helped them develop into their position in such a cool way. And I was like, huh, it's very interesting. So then after that, we started to create like the three branches of the company between promoted pins, organic services, and marketing our course side. I was like, I think I'm going to make Leslie the services director because she knows it like the back of her hand and she can lead all these people. And that was the biggest part of the company, right? And then in August of 2020, there were some things that were falling apart. At the same time, there was also us going through the new implementation of the EOS model via traction. And I had heard from people that once you get to the threshold of a million dollars, your company will start to break. And that was happening for sure. And I was freaking out. And I went away for the weekend by myself and I listened to the book Rocket Fuel. And as I was listening to it, it was talking about how every visionary needs an integrator. And I don't rank super high as a visionary, but it is my highest. So I needed an integrator. So I called Leslie and I said, I think you have these skills. And her first thing to me was like, I've never done this before. Are you sure about this? I'm like, yes, you are the perfect match for me because, well, number one, she told me no. She was able to tell me no. And I need people to push back at me because I'm like, I'm an Enneagram three, but I have a strong seven in me as well. So I will do anything that sounds fun. I will avoid pain at all costs. And I will pretty much say yes to almost everything. And so she was the perfect match for me. But here's the interesting thing is she didn't know that she was going to be good at that. So we set it up to say, this is new for both of us. But I recognize your strength and I want to develop that. And now Leslie's pretty much running the company and her and I get to complement our strengths and weaknesses, visionary integrator to help make Simple Pin even better. So that's just a great example of seeing somebody who's good at something, but maybe they don't come with those skills on paper. I could have been intimidated by Leslie and been like, I don't want to give up control. I want to be the person in charge. I want to make all the decisions. And I didn't. I was like, what a great gift to have somebody who's so good at it, who's passionate about this company, but also recognizes that it's my company 
and wants to help lead it well. That's what you want there. Helping people realize their strengths. That is true leadership. Okay, this is number three. Coach and correct. Don't condemn and reprimand. This is probably one of the ones that I've seen people do more often in an agency or service-based business. So people make mistakes. They just do. They will. It's it's like death and taxes, right? It's just guaranteed. So hiring to a place of like what I just talked about with Leslie, where it's like full delegation, that point from 2015 when I hired her until 2020 was five years. It's a long process. And she needed to know that I was there to coach her as well as the rest of people on my team and guide them. And I'm not waiting for that gotcha moment. I'm not like, all right, let's get ready to pounce here. Like, let's see, are you going to make a mistake? Because a lot of people are so micromanagey that anytime someone makes a mistake, they are like, just, they're all over them. Accidents happen. Give them grace and coach them towards greatness. Most people do not intend to make mistakes. And I will tell you, one of the greatest lessons is mistakes. I have let account specialists, they have written what I would call a less than stellar email. And instead of getting all over them, I go back and say, hey, can we talk a little bit about maybe some wording on the email? Here's maybe some things that I would have changed here. And sometimes we don't want to say these things because they give off this perception. So I'd like you to refine this next time and turn it into this. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, that's so good. So good. Thank you for coaching me towards this. Um, if a account specialist screws up or something breaks, there is no such thing as a marketing emergency. Like it just doesn't exist. So don't treat it like one. Everything can be fixed. Everything can be smoothed out. And if at the end you need to reimburse clients a little bit of money, that's okay too. Or send them a gift card or a special gift. There's a lot of ways to smooth over mistakes. And most people are really gracious. The other thing too, is when your team members see that you're not going to like pounce on them, they actually feel more freedom and then they do better. I don't know what it is, but I just know that when they don't feel the fear, they do better. And I have felt that too. And I'm sure you have as well. When you have a client who's like super micromanagey, you cannot get creative because you're rigid and you're so worried about making a mistake and you're just waiting for this client to send you a nasty gram and you're just like, oh, you don't want your team members to feel that way either. Okay. One, two, three. Now we're on four. Be really honest about your struggles. Like if you're having a hard time, don't hide it. You also don't need to tell everyone the hard parts. There is a delicate balance in knowing when to keep the hard stuff from people and then when to share what's tough, but your team will appreciate vulnerability, but they also need to see that you're strong and you're willing to help them weather the rough storms. As a CEO, there's going to be some times where you are bearing more than you want to. You're worried about finances. You're worried about paying people. If you're the primary breadwinner, like I am, you're worried about your family's money. You're worried about the longevity of your company you're worried about growth. There are like 1 million things on your plate. Now you don't want to air everything, but when things get tough, it's really important to be transparent about that. 
In 2021, we had a hard year financially at Simple Pin. And finances are so important to me. I run a company without debt. It's just one of those things that I just really care about. Like I want to be financially sound. I want to have an emergency fund. There's a lot of that. And so when we got to a point where it was rough, I wasn't sleeping. There was this time where, ugh, I mean, I was having a hard time and I was really thankful for Leslie to be able to talk about a lot of that stuff with. And then I was really able to tell the team where we were at, like we couldn't do raises. That was just crushing. That was really hard. There's been times in the past where I've had really tough situations with team members and I've carried it alone and it has crushed me. And I think also one of the greatest gifts when Leslie and I started working together was she had said to me, like, I don't ever want you to bear that stuff again by yourself. And that was helpful to me because I'm so used to thinking, well, nobody wants to see these hard parts. Nobody wants to see the difficulty with business. No one wants to hear about this. And I'm forever an optimist. I forever think everything will be fine. I don't tune into my feelings, but after a while, I just get crushed. So be honest about your struggles, but have that delicate balance. Okay. The last two, one, have their back. My team knows that I will defend them from any malicious attack from a client, from a reader, from a social media person, even if they did something wrong. There is never, ever a reason to treat somebody badly. And I will stand in the way and I will take a hit from a client before I let that client go after the team member. And they need to know that you are their cover, that it doesn't matter if they made a mistake. There is no reason a client should send a mean email. We've had a few come through, which for as many clients as we've managed over the years, there's bound to be a few where, um, this client just completely pummeled an account specialist and it was like mama bear came out and I just, I didn't unload because that's also not kind, but I stepped in and I said, I understand where you are coming from, but the way that you are treating this person is uncalled for. And if this is going to continue, we're no longer working with you. And they didn't work with us anymore because they wanted to treat my account specialist like crap. And I was done with it. There is no, no way. And so even now, as the team leads are in charge of the account specialists, they know that too. They'll go to bat for them and they will stand up for them if a client is mean. And that is the drawback of the services-based industry is that clients think that they can treat us however, and that's not acceptable at all. Okay, last, empower them. People want to know they can serve the client in the best way possible and still trust in them to make that decision. And your team member usually goes above and beyond in their service. Let them know you're the best cheerleader and you're going to help them work towards success with their client. As a result, what I find is that they get way more creative and they're like, okay, my team trusts me. Kate trusts me. Okay, I'm going to run for it. And then all these amazing results end up coming out of their work with this particular client or even with their team. Some of the greatest things have come from people just believing that they have the ability or the skills to just test something out. So 
empower your team. So let me go over those again of how to really be a great leader and be the leader your team needs. One, be a servant first. Number two, help people realize their strengths. Three, coach and correct, but don't condemn and reprimand. Number four, be honest about your struggles in a good balanced way. Have their back and defend them at all times and empower them. So I'd love to hear from you. Like, tell me a little bit about your leadership journey, where you've been at. You can go to kateall.com slash six to comment on that post, or you can go to Instagram at the Kate All Show. We'd love to hear more from you. With that, we'll just talk with you in the next episode. <laughs>